Lone Star 187 is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case File 24, Naomi Miller. All right, here we are. We're back for another episode. Hello. We missed you guys. We had a good vacation. Well, time off. But I was ready to go back to work. I was too. And I was ready to get back to recording because, you know, last year was so exciting. We started this. Mm-hmm. And now it's been a year. It's just become part of our life. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. So when we didn't do it for a while, I was like, I really miss it. I miss hearing other people's stories and comments and feedback and just being able to talk about the true crime stories and the research. I really missed it. Yeah. When I started the research on this story, I realized how, I mean, I was more um, pumped to do the research on this one than the research on the last story that we did before we took our break. So breaks are necessary, revitalizes you and all that stuff, but I was ready to get back into it as well. Yeah. I mean, if this is what we did for a living, obviously that'd be great. That would be great. But we have full-time jobs additional to this, so it's a hobby. So where are we traveling today? So this week's story is coming out of San Angelo, Texas. It's my birthplace, y'all. It is your birthplace. It's also where my oldest daughter, Savannah, was born and where I graduated high school and where I did all my crazy partying. And what apartments did y'all live in? Oh, Three Fountains, but we actually called it Three Felonies. And why is that? Because there was a lot of a lot of fun shit that happened there. <laughs> There's some sketch people. Is it still called Three Fountains? No, it is still there. I actually went to San Angelo around the Christmas break. And I didn't drive by them, but they are still there, but they're not called Three Fountains anymore. I don't remember what they're called. Not Three Felonies? No, not Three Felonies. I mean, that, <laughs> it'll always be Three Felonies, just like Starplex will always be Starplex, right? Yeah. So yeah, they're still there. So San Angelo is about 257 miles west of here. The population is over 118,000. There's a college there, Angelo State University. There's historic old Fort Concho. There's an Air Force base there, Goodfellow. And there are three lakes. Nasworthy, O.C. Fisher, and Twin Buttes. And that's usually where we did our partying is at O.C. Fisher and Twin Buttes. So we camped out there all weekend. So have a lot of good memories in San Angelo. Good, fun place. Fun place to visit. I don't want to live there anymore. So our person, the person that the story is about, her name was... Naomi Michelle Miller. You told me about this story. There is a an episode of Criminal Confessions. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And that's how Brittany heard about it. She told me about it. And I didn't find anything on the internet about her besides the information that the story provides. So I couldn't get all the good stuff like we got back. Like the older stories, most of them are in the newspaper. So you get a lot of inf- more information about the person and who they were before. But with this one, because everything happened after 2000, I did, it's, there's nothing in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. So all I know about her really before this story happened is that she was born in 1973. I don't know where or anything like that. So I hate that. We like to try to do a lot of deep information about the victim because that's what these stories are about. We try to focus on the victim and all that, but I couldn't find anything. But what I do know is that she met a guy named Robert. Uh, His name is Robert Lamar Miller. And they were very young when they met and they got married soon after. They were uh, 16 or 17 years old 
when they got married. They were very happy. This information mainly comes from Robert's stepmom. She talks a lot in the documentary, so that's where most of this comes from. In what year did they meet? Uh, it didn't say what year. They just say that they were 16 or 17. So let's see if she was born in 73 and say she was 16. That would be... 73 to 83. If she was 17, then it would be 1990. Okay, so they were still in high school. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so they got married. So probably right out of high school or while they were still. But based on the information, they said that they were very happy as a couple. She was a good wife. Uh, eventually, they had two kids. They had a little boy they called Little Robert and a daughter named Amber. And they said she was a very devoted mother. Everywhere she went, she took her kids with her. And they did say that she didn't really have any family, that her, her grandmother was the person that raised her. But her grandmother died, I guess, either shortly before or after she met Robert. Maybe that's why her. there's there's not much about her because there's no one there to really tell her story. Maybe that's it. Because I even, I, I looked everywhere. I couldn't find anything. So her Robert's family became her family. Well, and then obviously her kids too. So they're married. They have a couple of kids and they decide that they want to enter into the swingers lifestyle. Okay. So they start dabbling in that a little bit. Eventually in 2005, they met a woman named Ludana Yoder. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Y-O-D-E-R, Lou Donna, and eventually invited her and her children, I think she had three or four, to live with them. So now you've got Robert and Naomi and their two children, and then you've got Lou Donna, and I think she had at least three kids. So you've got this situation, and they're all living in a house together in Grape Creek, which is really close to San It's like, you know, 20 or 30 minutes from downtown San Angeles. So it's like a surrounding city. Mm-hmm. So that's where they lived. So they invited her to live there just because they were swinging with her? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I mean, I'm not to offend any swingers out there. No. That's their choice. That's, that's really that's what fine. you want to do. That's what I, you want to do. That just terrifies me. That would just terrifies me to bring someone into a part of your marriage that only you and your husband are supposed to share. If you're at work in their home, are you wondering what they're doing? Yeah. And what if you're the husband and the the two women are home? Are you know, actually you're probably not wondering, you're probably hoping in yeah. that situation because you're a man. But if you're the woman and the the woman's there with your husband, are there rules? Like I don't know. I I I don't think I could do it. Well, when like if you look at any female that has a relationship with Russell, right? You Chrissy, Mom, Savannah, Brenna, all of those. The only part of the relationship that you don't have that I have is the in more intimate part. Otherwise, you both love each other. You care for each other. You're there for each other. You have an emotional relationship. Yeah, but it's, a diff- but it's a... <laughs> Exit only, sir. <laughs> it's a different kind of love, though. Yeah, but I'm I mean, I know like, that's not have, the only difference. It's but not that, just the intimacy. It's yeah, a different but kind I, of I'm love. I'm just saying, but if I said, hey, it'd be okay if you slept with my husband, right? Now your love is my love. Well, there's like no, no. <laughs> there's I'm sorry there's no there's no line that you can't yeah, cross now that's true so now there are you, no more boundaries you share the same relationship with my husband that i share so what makes me any different from any other woman at that point you know you definitely water it down for sure okay so i'm sorry russell i know that's more editing for you what i'm leaving all that in what the hell are you talking about shit in the summer of 2005 suddenly Naomi goes missing. The husband says she just left the house. She was pissed off. They got in a fight. She left with some cop that she was having an affair with. Hashtag the husband did it. She's gone. (laughs) 
So two th- that happens in 2005. So at that point in 2005, her daughter and son, the, they were five and 10. So the little boy was five and the daughter was 10. So can you imagine? They think oh, our mom just abandoned us because I'm sure that they're probably not going to tell the kids, oh, well, she just left with a man. They're probably just going to say, well, she just left. And now they think she doesn't love us. She's just gone and they don't ever hear from her again. Ever. There's no one to be there for Naomi because all her family's gone. And so obviously Robert's family is going to believe whatever he tells them. Yes. Because that's his family, right? Uh Like if I just told you, oh, Russell just left me. He packed his truck and he just left. You'd be like, oh no, well, she has no reason to lie. But like his brothers and his sister would be like, uh, no, something's not right. But since she doesn't have family, there's no one there to look for her. To defend her, right. That's sad. So fast forward to... 10 years later, in May of 2015, a family member, uh, her name is Tony. It is Robert's stepmother that I mentioned earlier. She filed a complaint with the San Angelo Police Department saying that Naomi had been missing for several years. She was saying that she felt like there was foul play and that uh, Naomi's husband, Robert, could have been a part of it. The incident that caused her to say this is that um, Robert's stepbrother, which would have been Tony's son, he was battling cancer. And so he, on his deathbed, told his mom that Robert told him that he had killed Naomi. Oh, no. So a deathbed confession. So she thought, well... This is something I need to investigate. Well, now that... Well, after... I don't... I guess she hadn't really considered it. But now that her son told her this, she thought, well, he's he's on his deathbed. He has nothing to gain by telling me this, Mm -hmm. Right. So he's trying to clear his conscience and it's been 10 years. So that's what she thought, you know, I can kind of see it now, right? She started putting the pieces together. So she goes to the, can you imagine this conversation? So she goes to the San Angelo Police Department and says, I need to file a missing persons report for a girl or a woman that's been missing for 10 years. And she has no evidence. She has nothing. And even in the documentary, she's like, they probably thought I was freaking crazy. Like, I have nothing, but you have to do something about it. I just have a hunch. That's all I have. Yes. I have my son telling me that his stepbrother told him this. And then I start thinking, and there's some other stuff that happened that made her think that too. So one of the, so there's a sheriff named David Jones. Um, Whenever she first went in, he was saying, you know, well, adults can leave on their own without telling anybody that's not against the law. But normally people are reported missing a lot sooner. But he did say that that, that was a very dysfunctional family. So you think they had history with the police? I know. Well, I know for sure Robert did. I mean, it, you'll I'll get into more detail about that later. Um, so it was assigned to um, Sergeant Five Ash. <laughs> well, uh... Five Ash. Uh, Ash. Five Ashes. So he started doing research um, and went through all of these databases. He went through Social Security Administration information, driver's license history, a, pl- a thing called Clear, which is just a thing kind of like Les- Lexus Nexus and big data and all that. There are all these places you can go. You can go to websites and if you want to pay money, you can get any information on any person you want. But if you're law enforcement, you don't have to pay for it, right? So they dug through all of these databases, voter registration, insurance, crime bureau, everything, medical insurance, postal service, everything. What they found... Oh, they also that's when they called in help from a texas ranger so they enlisted nick Hanna, who started helping him he was doing his own search so they were both searching in their own way as a result of all these searches they discovered that she had a traffic traffic stop in june of 2005 and that's the last thing they have she was supposed to she had contact with the court 
in July of 2005. But that was it. Nothing after that. Was there never a warrant out for her arrest for not appearing in court or anything? I guess not. It didn't say. It just says her final contact with the court. No. So I guess she got the ticket in June and she took care of it in July. Because oh, okay. it says her final. I'm sorry. I misread that. Her final contact with the court was on July 19th, 2005. And the work records through Social Security Administration determined that her last year of work was 2005. So this woman hasn't worked gotten a driver's license she hasn't been stopped by the police no activity nothing. in her bank records nothing for 10 years since 2005 that's not good the same year that her husband claims that she just but for robert miller he had 17 instances of arrest 15 cases involving him as a defendant in february he was arrested in february 2005 he was arrested and booked in the tom green county jail on a theft charge and he was later convicted in that case. So lots of thievery, lots of stuff. So there was lots of information about him. He didn't disappear anywhere. He was still there. So then fast forward. So we're going back again. So 2007, uh, there's an article published in the San Angelo Standard Times about the San Angelo Speedway dirt track race. Mm-hmm. The article said... Um, get you some corny dogs, y'all. Get down there. Kai's <laughs> cold bears and corny dogs. Cold bear. <laughs> it's a great people watching place, I it tell is. you. It is. I love the Well, one. if you want to feel beautiful, go to the Devil's Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the, um, the article said that the Speedway is in its second year of operation since the husband and wife team of Robert and Ludonna Miller purchased it. That you didn't say Naomi bah, Miller. Bah, bah. No, I did not. You said not Yoder. Did you say Yoder? Yeah. Yoder. What's her name? Ludana. Ludana. L U, capital D O N N A. Ludon. So yeah, the husband and wife team purchased the racetrack. In this article, Ludana is quoted as saying, "The Speedway tries to have a children's event each night. We try to keep the children involved, and they know what the dads and moms are racing on. And that night." that they interviewed them, the kids were racing, got to race their go-karts, which I think that sounded kind of fun. Yeah. So how can he marry someone if he's already married? Good question. Maybe we'll find out later. So on May 20th of 2015, Five Ash interviewed Robert Miller's family. They said that Robert had made comments about killing Naomi and hiding her body under his residence when he lived on Glass Road in Great Creek. And no one thought to say something when she went missing that maybe possibly he would have killed her. She didn't go missing. Let's wait 10 years and let somebody ask me the question. So in June, um, Five Ash and some other law enforcement personnel go to the house and they conduct a search. They brought a dog who specialized in, he was a cadaver dog. During their search, the dog alerted them to two areas, a spot in the kitchen in the kitchen floor and then a spot outside that had there was like a big hole in the concrete in the it was a pier and beam house right so it's got the concrete foundation but there's a hole in it so you could see under the house under the house they searched and they saw a depression area that was consistent with a grave oh no Mm -hmm. but they didn't find any human remains or anything like that They found carpet fibers mixed into the soil. Uh, And they also noticed that there was an unusual modification to the kitchen floor to allow access to that area under the house. They show this too in that documentary. They basically cut a hole in the kitchen floor so you could lift up the wood and see down right where this impression was. So why did they do that? I mean, I've always thought about how cool it'd be to like to have a little cubby hole. Yeah, me too. Man cave thing, something rather. I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> to go under the house and store my body? Yeah. I mean, your body. <laughs> but I got like Levon for that. But why so. do you have to do it in the kitchen? Why, why can't it be in like a hallway where you can put a rug or someplace a little less conspicuous? Or it wasn't even right in front of the kitchen sink where a rug. It was just like in a weird spot. You'll see. It's weird. Or even like not to in- interfere with dinner time. I mean, yeah. We're, we're talking about murder here, so it's going to get weird. And there's not a lot of logic, exactly. So finally, in October of 2015, that's when she was finally entered into the missing persons database. She actually was missing in 2005, but after they did this and they, you know, saw that there could be some foul play, it looked like there was a body there, but, you know, they couldn't really prove it, but there was enough suspicion and all that that they said, okay, she's got to be missing. So they, they did that so they could see if there was any information on her that someone else had entered that would have matched up, but there was nothing. So the break in the case came in March of 2017 when detectives interviewed a woman who was living with the Millers. Uh, the woman said that the couple got into a fight the night that Naomi disappeared. Um, afterward, the woman told detectives that she saw Robert Miller carrying what she believed to be Naomi's body wrapped in bedding. The woman remembered later seeing freshly turned dirt in the home's backyard. She also told detectives that Robert Miller threatened to kill his wife shortly before his wife disappeared. And if you guys haven't figured it out by now, the woman that, that's doing all this talking is Lou Donna. Some bitch. Yeah. I didn't figure that out right away. I started, I was like, wait a second. Because I got all this information off the internet and then I saw the documentary. So that's probably why my shit's jacked up. She said that Naomi's belongings, including her clothes, her cell phone, and her vehicle were all left at the house, which isn't consistent with somebody that's running away. Like if you leave, you really walk away and you're pissed. You're going to at least have your phone or you're going to get in your car and take your phone and you're going to go. You're not just going to leave all that shit behind. And the other weird thing is that they, he gave Ludonna Naomi's cell phone. So she had it. She was using it. Yeah. Makes no sense. Um, she also told them that Robert physically assaulted her and recently threatened to kill her and wanted and told her to shut your damn mouth. So after speaking with her, after getting this information, they decided they're going to go interview Robert, um, who happened to be in custody at the McCulloch County Sheriff's Office on unrelated charges. So he was in there for some other theft shit that he did. When they interviewed him, he acknowledged that he and his, that he did get in a fight with his wife, but that she left home with a boyfriend. But the investigators told him about the, huh? But nothing. Uh, this is an open relationship, I take it? That's what I walked into? Yes. <laughs> well, they're, they're swingers. They're swingers. And they let their swinging girlfriend move in with them. With her three kids. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, hey, you know, help around the house. Could you get the kids for me? Great. I'll go <laughs> over here. I'm going to go over here and blow them. So. That's what we were talking about when you walked in. Like, yeah. how does that, like, if, if we're all swingers and the wife leaves and the girlfriend or husband and are there like, I'm going to be thinking, well, damn it. I'm what missing are they out doing? on like, great sex there right now. There need to be rules. <laughs> like you guys can't have sex unless we're all here together. I'm pretty sure they all like sex and like weirdness. So I'm sure it's whenever, whenever, however. Oh, you're here. Scene. Come on, join in. I'm going to be throwing in. All right. I'm not trying to judge people that do that. It's yeah. just not my scene, man. I'm sure there's a few listeners out there in the, in the Lone Star 187 audience that, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're listening to a murder podcast. So Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I we love you regardless. We don't care what you do. I'm yes. all for whatever you think makes your marriage work. Everybody's different. You want to try new things. I totally it's get just respect that. Just as long as you don't murder anybody, swing that dick. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that vagina like a frisbee. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm very territorial, so I would not be able to share my husband. I wouldn't. <gasps> That's not. Brittany gets territory. jealous of inanimate objects. Oh, you like your phone, huh? Yeah, huh? Does your phone cook for you? Huh? 
He's so dramatic. I saw you looking at that lady on the on the shampoo bottle for a while. Don't be doing that shit. I'm never buying that shit again. Nothing like, but kid swab for you. Like, we'll be in public and he's like, oh my god, did you see how big that woman's boobs are? I'm like, are you telling me so I'll look or it's okay for you to look? I'm like, no, they're on her knees. Look at it. <laughs> I can't look away. I can't help it. It's a fucking train wreck of titties. Or I'd be like, is she wearing pants? I'm like, is this a ruse? I don't even know. So because of all the circumstantial evidence that they have, they really didn't believe him. They they knew he was lying. Well, obviously, they issued an arrest warrant from him for him on charges that he killed his wife. They're playing hardball. You know, the cops are doing their normal job whenever they're trying to get somebody to confess because... They don't want her to know what they already know, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to make her feel comfortable with them so she'll confess. So they they call her back in again and they say, basically, Robert said that you killed Naomi. That you could had me all to yourself, so you killed her. Yeah. So they're basically telling her that. And, of course, she gets pissed off. She said the plan was set in motion by a predetermined signal. Her role was to suffocate Naomi using a pillow. She saw the signal from Robert and she had the pillow to her chest. Like Wait, she was getting ready. What do you think the signal was? I don't know what the signal was. was Pineapple. Like Oklahoma. Was it like <laughs> choking like this? Or like <gasps> maybe the signal was how you doing? Or the know. or the famous thumb yeah. throat? Like so I don't know what the signal was. That's a good question. But she knows she saw the signal. She's holding the pillow against her chest. I didn't see it. What was it? Did it one more time? Did you read? Did you do the signal? Right. I'm Is sorry. it the signal? And so like she pushes uh, Naomi back to go. Was that the signal? <laughs> Uh, are you ready? You got the pillow? Okay. Are we ready? Is it on three or after three? <laughs> yeah. The signal three? is not right now. It's just so stupid. Like, I'm going to give you a signal and now you're going to off my wife. So she said that Robert then pinned Naomi against the bed with her hands to her side. And uh, Ludana said she put the pillow on Naomi's face then removed it and put it in reach of Robert, who then grabbed the pillow and it held it to her face until she stopped moving and peed herself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, generally speaking, the bowels get emptied when the life force leaves. She admitted that she didn't do anything to stop the murder, and she said she sat on the edge of the bed the whole time. She admitted to helping him bury Naomi in a shallow grave under the house. Then, Then she said in March of 2006... They moved the body. She said they placed the body in a ditch and rode on a maintainer. Her other role was to be the lookout. They just threw her in a ditch? They put her in the ditch. They went and dug the hole? Went and dug the hole, went back and got her. And where did they dig the hole? At the Speedway. The one they just bought? The one they bought. As husband and wife, even though they can't be married? Cause well, remember married. that my the article about that was in 2007. This She's saying this happened in March of 2006. So that was a year the article in the san angelo standard times about the couple was in 2007 so it had been a year since they buried her there when that article happened that's why i read it then yeah she told him about where the body was buried and that the remains were uh would be wrapped in a blue tarp so they made her write this out they needed a written statement from her describing it explaining both her and robert's participation she described how the night you know, they dug a shallow grave. They decide, okay, now we're going to go to the uh, speedway and we're going to start digging around. So they go to the speedway. It's March in 2017. So they're digging around. They bring the dogs out. The dogs hit on a couple of spots. So they actually take Lou Donna out there and make her show them where she was buried. Uh, I mean, and I'm there's not... actually pictures. There's lots of pictures. Of, and there's even one in the documentary where Lou Donna is standing in a spot on the speedway and she's like pointing. Oh, 
it's so sad. It's so sad. It is very sad. I mean, I feel bad for her kids of of all of the people. Like, if she didn't have a family and her husband and his family are dysfunctional or not, that's still her family. Wait, did you just say dysfunctional? (laughs) I was hoping you wouldn't catch it. And I was trying to move on so I wouldn't start laughing. (laughs) Dysfunctional. That's some dysfunctionality right there. That might be a keeper. Um, I feel sorry for her kids because for, 10 years for all that time, they just thought that she abandoned them. They were what, five and 10? So they're, they're tw- 20 and 15 they're... whenever she, well, actually not even, actually older than that because they find her in 2017. So that's 12 years later. So that's 22 and 17. They're adults. Any damage that that abandonment has done to them, it's already set in. I mean, not that it can't be undone. No. Well, but you know, I'm sure, I don't know. They. I was going to, I was about to say, I'm sure that they knew deep down inside that she wouldn't do that. But when you hear that story, when you're that little, you don't know anything else. You. That's what you believe to be the truth because. Well, I mean, she's not there, so she's got to be somewhere. She never tried to call them. I mean, as far yeah. as they know. She's gone. She, she left. Just gone. Sad. That's the worst part, I think. So they bring cadaver dog out there. The name of the dog was Orion, which I thought was cool. It was a lab pointed to the spot where they eventually found the body. She was 40 inches down and within six feet. What does that mean? Oh, where the, they found her within six feet of where the dog pointed on. They said it was a very difficult site for the dogs to even find because there have been a lot of dirt put on there in the last three to five years. I mean, it's a dirt track. So, um, but when that happens, when they, when they add dirt and stuff like that, it's really hard for the dogs to uh, pinpoint the body. They had excavated large sections, some as deep as six feet before they found her. She was wrapped in the blue tarp as Ludana said she would be. This is the part that also made me sad beside the fact that her children are motherless. They said she had duct tape around her ankles and her wrist. And they said um, she also had duct, this was the part that disturbed them too. She had duct tape that extended from her eyes down to her chin. The way the duct tape was laid out was very neat and very orderly. If one person was fighting with another, there's no way you could tape someone up that neatly. That's what Five Ash said. Do you think they put it on after she died? I believe that it happened the way Ludana said. So when they put the tape on her, she was already dead. I guess they just did it so... I think he did it because I think he was ashamed of what he did. And I think the only way he'd be able to bury her is if he couldn't look at her. Oh, that makes sense. And taping her arms and legs was made it easier to carry her. Her arms weren't flaying. I mean, because it's yeah. dead weight at that well, point. Well, and God forbid, maybe she were to be found. They would think, oh, somebody took her and did all this awful stuff to her. Mm. But I mean... That part was disturbing How do you bury me. someone and look down at them after you love them, had children with? How do you do that? I, I, I don't know. Okay, so um, Miller is in jail. He filed a motion with the court to suppress 18 interviews of his which included confessions and a polygraph he claims that he kept asking for his attorney for his attorney to be present but that the, cop, the cops were ignoring it which is against his legal right right but they listened to some audio that the texas ranger had and the audio backs up what he's saying where he is asking for an attorney but they say well do you want to do you want to continue talking or do you want to wait for your attorney no i'll keep talking 
So even well, though you waived your right, exactly. So that's why the judge was like, "Yeah, he he threw that. He threw those." If he had said out. no, I said I want yeah. my attorney. If he would have shut up, to. exactly. But the fact that he kept talking is good for the prosecution, but bad for the defense, right? So I think I don't have a whole lot, but it did say the first witness was Deputy Five Ash or Sergeant Five Ash, and you know he was saying that they arrested. He was already in jail on an unrelated warrant, but it said that Five Ash testified for over an hour about his interviews, and this is where he's talking. You know, he, he says that he kept talking, even though they told him, do you want to wait for your attorney or whatever? So <laughs> that was his own damn fault. So eventually he said he wasn't guilty, right? Mm-hmm. He said he wasn't guilty, but then they both ended up taking pleas mm-hmm. and um, he pled not guilty. And then he just changed it to guilty in exchange for a 38 year prison sentence. There wasn't a whole lot of information about their trial, um, but I did get that part. Oh, the other, the stipulation of the plea bargain or the plea deal was that neither one of them could appeal their case or request a new trial. So when they sentenced her, they asked her, are you pleading guilty today for no other reason that you are in fact guilty of the charge? Yes, she said. Later that same day, he also pleaded guilty and that criminal confessions aired on December, in December of 2019. So everybody can go see it. Now, here's the twist. November of 2018, and I couldn't get the entire thing. Ludonna wrote a letter, she's in prison in Gatesville, uh, claiming so responsibility for killing Naomi. Here's what she says. Dear Judge Weatherby, I, Ludonna Gail Yoder, am writing you about my case that involved Naomi Michelle Miller and Robert Lamar Miller. I cannot sit here knowing that I let Mr. Miller go down for the crime he has been charged for. I, Ludonna Yoder, is the one that took the life of Naomi M. Miller. Her letter describes instances of domestic violence, fighting between Naomi and Robert, and several occasions in which she said Naomi behaved violently toward her, aggressively toward her children. And in one instance, Naomi was screaming, telling me I was stupid and that I was just here for her enjoyment. She said, out of nowhere, Miss Miller started laughing, telling me I was really stupid because I had been thinking that my three-year-old son was finally sleeping all night long and getting on a good sleeping schedule on his own, only to have her tell me later that she had been giving him Benadryl to make him sleep. Robert was watching television in another room when she smothered Naomi in her sleep. I snapped, pulled my pillow out from under my head and held it over Miss Miller's face until she stopped moving. I froze and didn't know what to do or what to say. And when Mr. Miller walked into the room, I just sat there crying and I wasn't able to move. She also said that she begged Robert not to say anything that would lead authorities to separate her from her three children, whose ages ranged from six months to 13 years old. Does that mean a six-month-old might have been Robert's? Interesting. Mm -hmm. I just, just thought that. According to Yoder, Robert agreed to take care of Naomi's body and said he moved it himself. The second time her body was moved, she was reluctant, but she said she helped him move her every time you say yoder i think of move the body we must (laughs) you think i'm a new yorker adding an r to yoda yoder she said when the body was moved the second time i didn't want to help him uh, but i did he told me to drive and i did once at the last location we placed the body in a shallow grave and we made a promise not to speak of this again she wrote the reason for reaching out to him was to clear her mind heart and soul from the guilt of Naomi's murder and for Robert Miller being sentenced to his wife's death. I cannot change the past or bring her back. All I can do is ask for forgiveness from God and pray that whatever comes of this letter, it will be the right thing, she wrote. I was asked in here why I did it. All I can say was I did it for my children and his children and for him. I don't believe her. Because 
He was so easy to be like, okay, yeah, I did it. Even though she was going down. Not initially. He he said she did it initially. The very first, remember the documentary, the very first time they talked to him, he said she did it. He never said he did it until they offered the plea bargain. And that's when he decided to confess. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But he didn't confess saying that she did it and he helped her. No. He confessed saying he did it. So even if he had a plea card, he'd be like, look, I'll admit to this, but I didn't do this. And also when they, to backtrack a little bit, when, when, so you know, when they got interviewed at the Speedway, they, the newspaper claimed that they were wife, husband and wife. They got, they had a a wedding ceremony at the Speedway. There's a picture of the two of them. I'll post it sitting on the back of a dirt track car. She's in a wedding dress and he's in a suit. So they got married on the same property where his wife was buried. Oh my God. They're literally, they said in the documentary, they were literally dancing on her grave. So, but again, he couldn't have married her because he was still married to right. Naomi. Right. So, so, they weren't I, really so I, don't, I don't know that it was like a formal ceremony and I because I don't, I just seen the pictures. Mm-hmm. So it could have just been a ceremony and maybe they were common law married. I don't know. But you're right. He was still married to Naomi, but she was dead. Well, missing, technically, right. to the world. It just doesn't make sense how she could have just snapped one night and just and just done that. Because he seems like the arrogant narcissist to be like, I'm calling the police. You're going down. I'm not going down for you. Because he was an asshole. He was mean to her. He called her names, Naomi. He belittled That's true. her. You know? She said that he was I abusive. Mean, he was he was awful to her. I don't I do not believe for a second that she was bad to her children. Because if she was bad to her kids, then when she went missing, they wouldn't have been sad, right? If you're bad but to But we me, don't know if they were sad. There's no there's there isn't anything to say that they weren't or they were. Oh yeah. Well, and remember in the very beginning they talked about how she was a very devoted mother. Yeah. And wherever she went, her kids went. So that's true. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah, she did. I think she's, I think either he's threatened her in or some way. that or. Or, you know, it could have happened. Maybe because she ratted them out. Maybe he's threatened her and this is her way of staying in jail forever. Who, who ratted who out? What? Because LaDonna is the one that came out oh, with the Oh, truth. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so maybe he, maybe somehow she got, found out that he told her, I'm going to have you killed or as soon as you get out, because are they going to be in jail forever? We don't know. Yeah, they got, well, they got 35 years. So her. Well, then she'll be out at some point. Oh, yeah. 2052. <gasps> Projected release date. And I got this off the Texas prison inmate site. Her projected release date is March of 2052, and his would be March of 2055. We'll be living on fucking Mars by then. Yeah, no shit. So she does have, she had a theft charge in 2010, theft of property 1500 to 20K. I think she has something to gain from this. You would think after all that he did in 2005 that he would not have been in the cop's eye I know. in 2000. You killed kept, your wife, dude. He kept doing like theft, theft. Theft by check. Theft. Well, I don't really believe either one of them, but I really don't believe her no, new cockamamie I, story. Yeah, cockamamie story. Caddy is bullshit. I researched Robert Lamar Miller's name in the newspaper things that we have, and I found a lot of stuff for Robert uh, Robert Lamar Miller Sr., and it was a lot of theft, but it was all in Tyler, Texas. So I don't know if that was his dad, and maybe that's part of the dysfunctional stuff they were talking about. So I don't know. I think he did it. So she was only, what, 32 when he killed her? I think he did it. I, I, I believe her story initially. It makes sense that, I mean, why they want to get rid of her, I don't know. I mean, what what is the point She's of getting in the way of them getting married if if that was their plan i do remember hearing that yeah so that was probably the first thing and i'm sure his family didn't know that this girl was 
not just living with them, but also being well, intimate with them too. I know that Tony did, like his stepmom did, because she even said in the doc, she's the one that brought it up. She's like, they they were into the swinging lifestyle. That's their thing, not mine. So I know his stepmom knew. So who, what other family would there be? I mean, there's nobody on her side. So it's all his family. Mm-hmm. I think if they had gone to their old house and not seen the amount of evidence there was, they probably, it she probably, probably never found her. Yeah. But because he was an idiot, if he had just buried her in the backyard, it's far out, because I know that there was, it's like a trailer area kind of too, right? Yeah, I've got some pictures of it. Yeah. So if they had picked a random spot and put her there, and they went to the house and didn't see anything, they would never have known. Yeah, well, and the house, the people that owned the house that lived there when they did the documentary actually said that the house smelled bad when they first moved in. Did, did you again, see that part? Yeah, and nobody tells anyone about yeah, it. You don't wonder, like, hey. Only what's... in the kitchen, right? Yeah. Took, took like two years for the smell to go so away. So I'm guessing they probably cut the kitchen floor to get her body out. Now, that's probably where they put her initially. But there was also a giant hole outside. So why would you cut one in the floor if you've got a hole outside? And the hole was cut the same night she was buried, right? I don't know. I, th- I don't know if they knew when it was cut. They just know it was there when they checked the house. Maybe he cut the hole initially thinking she would slide through. And she didn't. So oh, they went outside. That makes a bigger sense. hole Because he's an idiot. Or maybe, yeah, who knows. Or it's pork pot and- Postpartum. Oh, well, could be. Six I mean, months. Her- Oh, that's a good that's point, a very Russell. Good point. Very good. Psycho craziness went down. Yeah, I just snapped. Mm-hmm. And then you, yeah, well, you add the dynamics of having postpartum depression, and now you're sharing a man with a woman that's been with him since they were in high school. So that's a long time to be with someone, and then just and I, I, I couldn't do it. I can't. Um, and that racetrack now is it's for sale. I actually drove by there when I was in San Angelo in December. Um, it, it's called Santa Rosa something. I have some pictures. Um, we didn't really get to go in it, but we just pulled into the parking lot and I took some pictures and, um, I think they used it for a little while for some rodeo stuff. Cause it looked a little different. All right. All right. That's a wrap. Stay Bye, salty bitches. Love you. Bye y'all. Case file 24. Naomi Miller. Closed. <laughs>